Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Hey, spiritual warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green back for another episode of War in the Spirit. This week, uh, you'll be listening to a replay of a Bible study that I taught earlier this week. If you would like to tune in for a Bible study, we do it live via YouTube on my YouTube channel at War in the Spirit Live. Every Monday at 6 o'clock p.m., you can tune in live on YouTube. But this is the replay. It is season number five, episode number five, entitled, God is About to Burst Your Bubble. Today's lesson has been weighing on me so heavy. Um, I started, you know, preparing it probably, I think, Thursday. And I just kept going back to it, putting it down, going back to it. And I'm, it's just been weighing on my chest. Like, it's just a heavy um, word. And I believe that when this word goes out, it's going to move and shift some things. So the title of today's lesson is God is about to burst your bubble. So when God gave me this word, I'll tell you what I I saw. And what he was saying is that we've been living in a bubble of protection. So think about the Psalm 91 protection. And many of us have been living in that bubble under grace. So you've heard me talk about how, you know, so many people uh, abuse grace. And we say that grace You know, everybody's like, oh, his grace is going to cover me. But what the word says, his grace is sufficient. It doesn't say that it's going to be endless for you. It's sufficient to get you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Grace is the bridge. So what God was showing me is that this bubble has been the bubble of grace. And so now the grace for you to operate in that bubble, to be in that bubble has now run out. And so I wanna, I'm gonna kind of explain that a little bit more in depth so you guys can understand. But I first wanna go and look at Psalm 91 really quickly. We're not gonna look at the whole thing, but we're just gonna look at a piece of it. It says, this is starting at verse one, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings he may seek ref- his, uh, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. 
A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. So um, the thing that I want us to understand about this in particular is what verse 2 says. It says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So see, while think of this bubble as like an incubator, like, like, like you're a baby in the womb, right? Like you've been a baby in the womb. God's been incubating you. He's been growing you. He's been shaping you. He's been feeding you. He's been protecting you. And so now... It's time to test to see if you're ready to come out of that bubble. So God is about to burst that bubble to see if you can breathe on your own. You see, the key word in this, in this verse, it says, again, I'm going to revisit it. It says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The key word in this verse is trust. Now ask yourself, have you placed your full trust in God or are you still straddling the fence, holding on to God in one hand and the things and the mindsets of the world in the other? And so it also goes back to what I was talking about in regard to the God thing and the good thing and how the good thing is dying. And, and, and so what God was telling me is that the window for you to allow the good thing to fall away is closed. Now, whatever good thing is left that you have not allowed to fall away, God is about to snatch it and kill it. So uh, he led me to Proverbs chapter three, verses uh, five through seven. And it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So here's the thing. Now the bubble is being removed. And the question is, have you grown enough to be able to put your full trust in God, have you grown enough that when God snatches away the, the resource that you've been using in the previous season to be provided for, the, the covering that you've been using in the previous season to be provided for, the way that he provided for you in the previous season, the way that he protected you in the previous season, the way that he spoke to you in the previous season, when God snatches that away, will you still be able to trust him when it doesn't look like you're used to it looking will you still be able to trust him trust in the lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding so i'm going to tell you guys it's so funny because god i've been and i tell y'all all the time god doesn't let me minister anything to you that i haven't experienced myself 
So this week, God has been pressing in on me about this. And he kept saying, let me take care of you. Let me take care of you. Let me take care of you. And I'm like, okay, God, I need this for this. I was, and I'm gonna give you a specific example. I was like, all right, God, I need, I need some money for groceries. Send me money for groceries. And I've also been praying. We talked about this before. God hit the easy button. Why does everything have to be so hard? So I kept saying, God hit the easy button, hit the easy button. So it's funny because yesterday I went, I was at my sister's house. We were just spending some time over there me and my daughter and i'm looking like all right god before i leave here i need you to send me grocery money right because my husband's still at home and he hasn't eaten and i'm like okay i gotta get some groceries god's like don't worry stay there until five o'clock i'm like okay it gets to be about 3 30 and my sister's like well we need to eat something and i'm like okay and I'm like, what do you got? She pulls out this big bag of like, you know, those frozen chicken wings or whatever. And um, and so I pop them in the oven. I'm like, okay, let me go in your pantry and see what else you got. I whipped something up at her house. And so we're getting ready to leave and there's a whole bunch of wings left over. And she's like, hey, take those. And I had to laugh because I was looking for God to do it in a certain way. But he was just saying, hey, trust me, let me take care of you. I got it. You asked me to hit the easy button. You could have had, I could have had to go to the grocery store and pick up groceries and then come back to the house and cook a whole nother meal. And God was like, don't worry. I got it. You asked me to hit the easy button. So trust me to do it. So in previous seasons, he would do it in a certain way. And now he's conditioning me to yield to however he wants to do it whatever way that is and so i've been i've been in my feelings and i've been going god out in the world like i need to go to the grocery store he's like no you don't need to sit down and i'm like but i but but we need food and i need to go buy groceries and he's like sit down and i'm like he's like just trust me so I was looking for him to do it a certain way, the way that I'm used to him doing it, the way that he did it in previous seasons. And he's like, trust me, I got it. You know, as I was thinking about this and, and us putting our full trust, because what, what often happens is we say we put our trust in God, but then when he doesn't do it through the avenue that we're used to, we become afraid and we go, oh, shoot, maybe he's not going to do it. Or we get scared and we get worried and we get frustrated and we go, well, why didn't you do it yet, God? And he's like, but that ain't the way I'm coming. So the question is, are you still looking for God to use an avenue of the world to bring you something? And when he takes that away, will you be able to trust him? Are you going to be able to breathe when he changes the atmosphere? Are you going to be able to breathe when he changes the, the avenue in which you need to breathe? So here it is, trust, assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. So now you need to begin to take inventory of yourself your mindset, your heart posture, and your methods of operation with God and ask yourself, am I relying on the character, ability, strength, or truth of God? The truth of who he is, 
one in which confidence is placed. And confidence doesn't look like straddling the fence. Confidence doesn't look like, God, I'm with you until I'm not. Or God, I'm with you until it looks like it's not going to happen. Or God, I'm with you until adversity hits me. Or God, I'm with you until something, until the enemy strikes. Or God, I'm with you until I can't see how it's going to happen until it looks so far away that I can't see it. That's not full trust. And I'm here to tell you that when he bursts your bubble, he's going to test that trust 100%. He's about to see if you are really what you said, if you are really who you said, if you really believe him like you said. He's busting your bubble. So, See, this is a test and you're stepping into a new testing ground where God is removing the safety bubble of the things of the world and the grace that he has given to test your trust in him. So here it is. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 12 and it says, verses 7 through 10. And it says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, <laughs> there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, see, God doesn't want you to have all the answers. Because when you have all the answers, you don't trust him. See, see, God doesn't want you to know the way that it's going to come. Because when you know the way, you don't trust him. See, there's a reason that he's continuing to make it look like it's not going to happen for you. Because he's waiting for you to come into the mindset and the heart posture to put your full trust in him. Because he knows what's coming. Because he knows that this next time that we're stepping into, you're going to have to put your full trust in him. So he's preparing you now in where you are now because he knows that down the road, you're going to need that trust because he knows that, that down the road, this area where you're operating in now, the way that you're straddling the fence now, the, the, way that, the way that you're holding on to the thing of the world, the resource of the world, the source of the world, whatever it is, the provision of the world, the way that you're holding on to that now, when things shift and they're going to shift very quickly and very drastically, if you have not cultivated a mindset and a posture of full trust in God, you won't be able to breathe. You won't know what to do. You're going to be afraid. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be worried. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be in distress. You're going to be uh, ill.
because those things make you ill in your body, in your mind. So the question is, will you trust him? Are you going to be fully prepared for when he busts this bubble of protection that he's had you in? He's been incubating you. He's been growing you. He's been growing you up. He's been preparing you for this. He's been giving you revelation. He's been telling you to seek me. He's been trying to give you understanding. And the question is, have you been taking it all in? Have you been practicing it? Have you been implementing it? So that you are prepared for when he takes you out of this incubator. See, think of this bubble, like I said, as an incubator. But God is busting the bubble. And now you will be required to breathe and operate on your own. Minus the grace that he gave you to grow in that bubble. And based on the growth that you have within that bubble, it's going to determine whether or not you are prepared to operate in this time. See, think of this bubble as the womb that you've been in, where God has been growing you and God is preparing to birth you out, to push you out into the world. But see, what happens in this womb? In the womb, the baby is fed in a certain way. In the womb, the baby doesn't have to know how to breathe, right? In the womb, the baby is protected and incubated from the stresses and the reality of the world. And when that baby gets pushed out, they have to learn to operate in a completely different way than what they did within the womb. God is about to burst your bubble see god is about to test all that work that he's been doing in you see he's about to push you out of that womb and the question is will you be prepared to adapt to what he's taking you into are you going to be prepared to learn how to eat in a different way now give us this day our daily bread will you learn how to chew on the word in a different way now Will, will you learn how to seek in a different way now? Are, are you going to be able to operate now that he's taking you out of this bubble of grace and growth that he's had you in? And the question is, have you embraced all of the lessons that he's taught you? And are you prepared to put them into practice and to fully trust God? God is ready to push you out and see you know it's so, so crazy because as i was thinking about this he gave me also the parable of the sower and we're going to look at that really quickly so this is uh matthew 13 this is 1 through 30 but i'm not going to read all of it it says let's start at verse 3 and he spoke many things to them in parables, saying behold the sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell beside the road and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. 
he who has ears, let him hear. Let's read the explanation. And we're going to skip down to uh, verse 15. It says, for the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they will see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and return. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And verse 18 says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what he what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places. This is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. So the question is, which one are you? And God is about to test that in you. See, all this time you've been inside this bubble, all this time you've been growing, all this time he's been incubating you, he's been sowing the word into you. And now the test is, did that word fall on rocky ground? Did that word fall beside the road? Did that word fall among the, the thorns? Or did the word fall on good soil? What surface were you for the word? See, when this bubble gets burst, God is testing to see what will come forth from you. Because he's taking the grace from around you. He's, he's taking the, the, the water from around you. He's pushing you out into the world and saying, now, show me what I've taught you. Practice what I've taught you. Stand in what I've taught you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. No more straddling the fence. See, God is saying there is no more room for us to be lukewarm. No more lukewarm Christians. God allowed us to have grace to, to still operate even when we straddled the fence, even when we were lukewarm because he was trying to tug us into a space where we would be hot instead of lukewarm. But now the grace for that tug and that growth is done and there's a test that's coming. See, God allowed that for a time and a season under grace to give people the opportunity to turn. But now that window has closed. So let's go to Revelation chapter 3. 
16 and it says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and, and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne. And I also overcame and sat, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches you see and i'm gonna tell you why god told me so many people are lukewarm in this time and in this season because we've been eating on leaven bread so let's go to matthew 16 we'll start at verse 1 and i'll read down it says pharisees and sadducees came up and testing jesus they asked him to show them a sign from heaven but he replied to them when it is evening you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky but cannot discern the signs of the times an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and a sign will not be given it except the sign of jonah and he left them and went away and the disciples came to the other side of the sea but they have forgotten to bring any bread and Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, he said that because we did not bring any bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, you mean you men of little faith. Why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember of the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets full you picked up? Or the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets full you picked up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I'm going to tell you uh, why I brought that up. Because Jesus is addressing the Pharisees and the Sadducees about their asking for a sign from heaven. 
And he's looking at them and going, well, wait, you asking me for a sign? You can't discern the signs? You can't discern the signs of the time? You, 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 you can look at the sky and say that there's a storm coming, but you can't read the sign of the times. And, and that's the thing that God has been showing me that it's so funny because I just sit back and watch what's happening. I, I sit back and listen to what people have been saying. And I, I've been uh, pretty quiet about it because God silenced me. But everybody is out here like, oh, God, send us a, a sign and a wonder. Oh, God, rescue us out of this. Oh, God. But God is like, but this is the sign. This, this is the sign. This is the wonder that I'm moving. See, you're looking for a miracle. You're looking for, but this is it. This is the sign of the times. See, everybody's like, oh, God, send us a miracle. God, God, save us from this virus. God, and he's like, this is the sign of what I am doing. But the question is, have you come to me and sought me? Have you asked me what you need to understand? No, what you're doing is you're chewing on leavened bread. You're allowing that bread to puff you up. You're not accepting the truth of what I need you to understand right now. You see, we have all these leaders that are like, God is about to do something great in your life, but nobody is telling you the truth about what you must do in order to attain that greatness that God has for your life. Nobody is telling you the truth about the surrender and the sacrifice that is required, the, the, the shift that is required, the fact that you must put all of your trust that you must trust in the lord with all of your heart the fact that you can't be lukewarm no more we we the people been chewing on leavened bread so they've been puffed up and it's the unleavened bread that is connected to the blood and the body of christ it's the unleavened bread that will keep you in the place of humility. It's the unleavened bread. This is the truth. The truth will set you free. But we're not telling the people the truth. And, and, and we are, are, are listening to all these leaders and allowing them to puff us up. We, we, we chewing on this leavened bread. And what's in the middle of bread when, when you put yeast in it, when it rises? Air. Hot air. That's all that's in the middle of bread where you put yeast in it. So we've been allowing people to blow hot air into us and not telling us the truth about what is necessary to get in alignment with God in this time. See, it's the unleavened bread that makes you get low. It's the unleavened bread that makes you sacrifice and surrender yourself to God. It's the unleavened bread that allows you to yield to his test. It's the unleavened bread that allows you to remove yourself, to, to give yourself away fully to him. It's the unleavened bread, but we feed the people. We eating on all this leavened bread. We getting all puffed up and we saying, God's going to do a thing. God's going to save us. God's going to rid us of this virus. So no, God ain't. No, he ain't because this is the sign of the times. This is the sign of what God is doing. And hey, people are not going to him so that they can know that this is God's sign. This ain't the enemy. This is God. Why do we feel like every time something that looks adverse happens is Satan? It ain't. This is God. See, God will, will inflict his people with things to 
push them to press into him. See, he's busting our bubble. We, we've been all like, oh God, you've been so great. You've been so mighty. You've been so good to us, God. But can you, the test is, can you still say that when your bubble gets burst? Can you still put all your trust in God when he bursts your bubble? Have you grown to the place of being able to trust him, to still be able to breathe when he ain't doing it like he did it before, when he ain't speaking like he did before, when he ain't moving like he did before? Oh, he's still moving. It just doesn't look like it did before. But, but see, too many of us are hearing and not understanding. We are seeing and not seeing because we are chewing on leaven, bread. That's why we can't discern the times. That's why we can't understand what God is doing. Leaven, a substance, typically yeast that is used in dough to make it rise you see there's a false rising in the people they they think that they're higher in god they think that they're closer to god than they are why because they've been building their own tower because the real way to get close to god is to get lower not to climb higher, not to look for the next biggest platform, not to look for the next biggest place to speak. It's to get low and say, God, all I want is you. God, I don't, I don't care what's happening in my life. God, God, I don't care what it looks like. I still believe you. God, God, I know that 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 things are happening around me, but I still know you're in control. I, I know that I had some people and I saw some people get infected with this virus. I, I know that I lost some stuff. I, I know that I may be lacking some things in my practical life, but I still want you. That's what it looks like to be hot and not lukewarm. See, when you only looking for God, when you need a thing, and when you only looking for God when stuff is good, you are lukewarm warm you are straddling the fence because see when the world gives you what you need you all good over here until you the world can't give you what you need until the world ain't giving you what you need then you going over here to god going god i need you i need you i need your help god provide for me god and god is saying i've been here all the time why didn't you come to me first because i am the original source Will you trust me when I take this bubble away from you? See, this is a bread. God is calling us to chew on a bread, the bread of truth that reconnects to his body and his blood. There's a reason that we take the communion with unleavened bread. There's a reason. It's the bread of humility. It's the bread of surrender. It's the bread of sacrifice. It's the bread of brokenness. But we, we keep allowing people to feed us leaven bread and it's keeping us out of position because that bread is puffing you up. And, and it's taking you to a position up here when the position of miracles, when the position of blessings, when the position of manifestation is down here. So who 
And what have you been allowing to puff you up? And I'm going to tell you, God said to me a while ago, he said, Anyone that is giving a word of edification and not a word of correction or truth in this time is misaligned. Because God is trying to get his people in order. The, the, the time to talk about miracle signs and wonders was the last season because he was trying to admonish us to surrender to him so that we could receive those things. And guess what? Now... That window is closed. Now, I was telling this to, to somebody earlier today. You know, last season was a time where, where it was a, a one decision. Okay, make one decision for God and he's going to meet you there. Okay, now make another decision and he's going to meet you there. And he's going to step by step bring you. Why? Because you had the bridge of grace. Now, that window is closed. Now, what has to happen? Now there has to be full surrender. It's not going to be no step-by-step -step process. It's going to be a, hey, it's all or nothing. Either you're going to give me all or you're going to have nothing. No more lukewarm. <laughs> so let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, it says, then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night. Uh, this is uh, starting at verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father, David walked even to do according to all that I have commanded you and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with your father David saying you shall not lack a man to be ruler in Israel but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments which I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them then I will uproot you from my land which I have given you and this house, which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb and a byword among my peoples. As for this house, which was exalted, everyone who passes by it will be admonished and say, why has the Lord done thus to this land and to his house? And they will say, because they forsook the Lord the God of their fathers who brought them from the land of Egypt and they adopted other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought all this adversity on them. So God is here 
to realign his people and his church. See, it's because of all this leaven that the people cannot humble themselves. And you know, it's so funny because I've been watching, you know, on social media, every time somebody references this virus, every time, every time somebody references uh, uh, the protests and everything that's happening in the world, they quote this scripture. And they say, if my people will humble themselves, but the people are being fed leavened bread so they can't humble themselves. Why? Because nobody is telling them the truth about where they truly stand with God. Because everybody is allowing people to stay in their comfort zone. Because nobody is telling them, hey, you know what? You ain't in alignment right now. Because nobody is telling, because everybody wants them to sow a seed and people don't sow a seed on, on a word that don't make you feel good. But the truth will truly set you free. So as you are going into this process, you need to be asking yourself, what voices are you listening to? What are you chewing on? Are you chewing on leavened bread or are you chewing on unleavened bread? Are you chewing on the word of truth or are you chewing on the word of comfort, the feel-good word, the word that, that, that makes you feel like your spirit is being edified? But let's be clear, a corrective word also edifies your spirit. You know why? Because when your spirit is in alignment with God, there is an automatic edification. No, it may not feel good in your mind when you get that word of correction, when God says to you, hey, when God brings his reproach to you, but it's going to ultimately edify your spirit. Why? Because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Stop listening to the leaven word it's not gonna get you where you need to be in this season only the truth about where you really stand is going to get you in position you know what i don't really like getting corrective words but you know what i take them and i'm like you know what all right i'm gonna hear that I'm going to take it down. I'm going to take it to God because you know why? I want to be in position. I don't want to miss what God has for me. And what's happening right now as God is bursting this bubble of grace, the truth is about to be revealed in a way that we have never seen the truth revealed before. What's done in the dark is coming into the light right now. I'm talking about things, people, positions are about to be exposed like they've never been exposed before because the only thing that was hiding them was grace. The only thing that was hiding what was happening in the dark was grace. And the test, the, the grace was allowed so that they could choose to get in position without that, whatever, without their darkness being exposed but now the window for that is closed scandals are about to be exposed i'm talking about god is about to expose everything that is not aligned with him period ain't no more leaven bread that bread ain't the bread of heaven in this time that's the bread of the world See, we, 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 the people 
have eaten so much leavened bread that there's a sense of entitlement to believe that God will save them without requiring them to lose their lives. See, we don't want to talk about that part. We, we don't want to talk about what Mark uh, chapter 8 says. Let's look at that. It says, <laughs> this is verse 34. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever wishes to lose, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, <laughs> We've been saying, oh God, I'm chasing after you, I'm chasing after you, but we also don't realize that, that in order to actually come after him, we have to choose to take up the cross. In order to actually come after him, that's what it looks like to come after him. That's what it looks like to seek after him. That's what it looks like to ask and knock and chase. It looks like you being willing to lose your life. See, see, we're not telling the people the full truth about what it looks like to come after God, to be a man or a woman after his heart. Because in order to be after him, you have to be willing to lose yourself. You, you have to be willing to lose the life that you have established to take up the life that he wants to establish for you. You know, it's so funny because I had a dream. I had a dream. And in the dream, I had been tested for a coronavirus. And in this dream, I tested positive, but I had no symptoms. But because I had no symptoms in the dream, I had been around people and had been spreading the virus to the people I was connected to unknowingly. And this is what God was showing me about the dream. In the dream, I was a representation of the church. And God said, the church has had a virus. And because they neglected to test the spirit by the spirit of God and saw no physical symptoms, they continued to spread this viral puffed up word. And it has been making the people sick. And now the virus has spread into a pandemic in the world. There is a pandemic of puffed up word. Not the word of truth, but the feel good word. And it's, it's making the people sick. It's a virus that's been spread. And the only cure to this virus is to lose your life to God fully to trust in him with all your heart. The life that we all have known is dying. And either we will be willing to relinquish the old life to receive a new one, or they'll die along with the old life. See, because God is going to do what God is going to do, regardless of whether you get on board with it or not. But he wants to take you with him. The question is, are you willing to lose the life that you knew to gain the life that he has for you.
Even Jesus was tested with a puffed up word. Here we go. Let's look at this. Matthew chapter four, verses one through four. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word. You see, this was a test for Jesus. Even Jesus was tested. See, the enemy was trying to feed him that puffed up word. He's like, oh yeah, you all powerful. You the son of God. If you're the son of God, make this these rocks turn into bread so you can eat but he knew that wasn't the will of god the truth of the spirit was that the spirit led him into this wilderness place see we we want to tell people oh god god won't do that to me god god don't want you living in lack god yes there's a time and god doesn't want you ultimately living in lack but there's a time when god will lead you into the wilderness so that you can find him so that you will seek him. See, and Jesus was led into this wilderness. Why? Because the spirit led him there. But, but just like I was talking about on the podcast, common sense would say, you Jesus, you got all power in your hands. Make these rocks turn into bread, right? Common sense would say, oh, well, I've got a good life. God wouldn't want me to leave this behind to embrace something that's less. <laughs> but oftentimes what we perceive as less is actually more. And, and, and I'm going to tell you because I'm a living witness. I, listen, I had a good life. But it wasn't a spirit-filled life. It, it was a it was a life filled with worldly provision and 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 opportunities worldly opportunities yeah it was good but it wasn't god it didn't fill me up it still left me empty you see that's the kind of bread that the world wants you to eat that leavened bread it's full of air it ain't gonna fill you up the unleavened bread is dense And when you eat it, you will be full. You will not hunger or thirst for anything more than that bread of truth. Because that bread of truth is what connects you to God and to his spirit. Stop chewing and looking for the word that puffs you up and makes you feel good. Because God needs to show you who and where you are in truth. So that you know, and you can get in position. It's like taking an assessment, like, it's like taking an assessment for an advanced placement class. But instead of taking the assessment for the advanced placement class, you choose to take the remedial assessment because that's the easier one and you know you can do well on it. So you pass this remedial test and then they put you in the advanced placement class and you can't perform. You fail it because you didn't take 
the right exam. You didn't study the right things. You didn't take in the right information. And that's what the puffed up word does for you. It makes you unprepared for what God is doing. You can't walk with God. You can't know what he's doing. You can't respond appropriately to it if you are not chewing on the right thing. Yes, it may make you feel good in the moment until you realize it's not the word of truth. So, it's so funny because as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about yeast. Yeast is a thing that makes bread rise. So what happens when a woman has too much yeast? It causes an infection. It, it infects the places that produce and conceive something. It infects the places that are to birth something. So if you have too much yeast, what God is calling you to birth out will be infected. What God wants to conceive in you will be infected. This is John 8 verses 31 through 38. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answer him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain in the house forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. See, now is the time to separate from what you have been taught in your earthly experience and to cling to what your heavenly father wants to teach you because it's that truth that will make you free. See, people... The, the funny thing about that is most people can't even perceive that they're still operating and living in bondage. Just like these people. They're like, we ain't never been enslaved before. You don't even know that you're enslaved. You, you, you're so puffed up on this leaven bread that you can't even see the shackles on your feet. And I'm going to tell you what God said to me. He said, that when this bubble is burst, the people that have been chewing on this leavened bread, the people that have not been in position, the people that cannot embrace the truth, the people that cannot adapt to the shift in atmosphere outside the womb, outside the incubator that God has had us in. See, people have been in that womb going, oh, well, nothing's happened yet, so we must be in alignment. Oh, okay. No. Just because God hasn't moved on it yet 
doesn't mean he's not going to expose it. The time just hadn't come for him to expose what was happening in his house. And he said to me, the people will cry out and I will not hear them until they fully surrender their entire lives to me. He, the window to put down the good thing is closed. Now, whatever good thing that is still left is not a God thing. God is about to pull it from under his people. And he is not going to hear the cries of the people until they get into alignment. That's what this whole thing is. It was a sign. This virus was a sign to say, hey. It's time to come in to the house. You know, a guy gave me a word uh, uh, probably a year or so ago that I released on a prophetic exchange. And I said, there's a famine coming. And God is calling his people back into the house. So consider this time, the time when the street lights are on. You know, how when you were growing up, you were outside playing and your mama would say, get in the house before the street lights come on because that's an indicator that it's getting dark. See, that was the time when the street lights were on and God was saying, hey, children, come on back into the house. Hey, come in the house. You see, he quarantined us. This virus was a sign that it was time to come into the house. He set us at our houses just so we could press in. But we can discern that there's a storm outside, but we can't discern the times. And now the people are going to see what the result of their inability to discern the times of God, of their, uh, what, the, what the result of their chewing on leavened bread and not on the truth is going to be. So, and he, and he gave me two scriptures in regard to that. And I'm going to read those and then, and then we're going to close. Jeremiah chapter 11, 9 through 17, it says, Then the Lord said to me, A conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to the iniquities of their ancestors who refused to hear my words. And they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am bringing disaster on them, which they will not be able to escape. Though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry to the gods to whom they burn incense, but they surely will not save them in the time of their disaster. For your gods are as many as your cities, O Judah, and as many as the streets of Jerusalem are the altars you have set up to the shameful thing, altars to burn incense to Baal. Therefore, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them. 
for I will not listen when they call to me because of their disaster. And I'm going to pause there for a second because we talked about this in a Bible study a while ago. And I said, we have got to discern what we are to be interceding for in this time. And the thing is not in this time is not to be interceding for the people to be delivered or healed. The thing to be interceding for is for the people to yield to God, to yield their hearts, to yield their minds, to yield their spirits. You see, because we are not supposed to be praying for them to be saved from this thing. Because the way that they get saved is to yield, is to surrender, is to accept God fully what right has my beloved in my house when she has done many vile deeds can the sacrificial flesh take away from your disaster you take away you from you your disaster so that you can rejoice the lord called your name a a green olive tree beautiful in fruit and form with the noise of a great tumult, he has kindled fire on it, and its branches are worthless. The Lord of hosts who planted you has pronounced evil against you because of the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah, which they have done to provoke me by offering up sacrifices to Baal. And this is where we are. So, What we need to understand is that there is about to be a great turn, a very drastic turn. And the way that the people perceive the turn will determine what happens next. If you can perceive that God is in it and to seek him for how you move, that is what it looks like to humble yourself and to repent and to turn. But if the people continue to go, God, why are you afflicting us, God? Why are you doing this to us, God? The question is, God, what is it that you're looking for me to do? Because God does not inflict things on us just because he wants us to suffer. God allows things to happen to us because he wants us to change because he wants us to move, because he wants us to shift from the place that we are in to a place that's in alignment with his will, because he wants to protect us. But he knows that you can't be protected if you don't fully trust him. So Ezekiel 5, 11 through 17 says, so as I live, declares the Lord God, surely, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable idols and with all your abominations, therefore I will also withdraw and my eye will have no pity and I will not spare. One third of you will die by plague or be consumed by famine among you. One third will fall by the sword around you and one third will scatter to every wind and I will unsheath a sword behind them. Thus my anger will be spent and I will satisfy my wrath on them and I will be appeased. Then they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my zeal 
when I have spit my wrath upon them. Moreover, I will make you a desolation and a reproach among the nations which surround you in the sight of all who pass by. So it will be a reproach, a reviling, a warning, and an object of horror to the nations who surround you when I execute judgments against you in anger, wrath, and raging rebukes. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I send against them the deadly arrows of famine, which were for the destruction of those whom I will send to destroy you, then I will also intensify the famine upon you and break the staff of bread. Moreover, I will send on you famine and wild beasts, and they will bereave you of children, plagued and bloodshed also will pass through you, and I will bring the sword on you. I, the Lord, have spoken. You see, we are in the end times. This is a time where God is harvesting souls. But in order to harvest those souls, he has to admonish those souls to accept him in a greater way. You see, he's allowed us to be comfortable for too long. He, he's allowed too many voices that are misaligned with him to speak out of turn. He's, he's allowed us to stay in the comfortable place, to stay connected to the things of the world, to, to, to stay lukewarm. He's about to burst the bubble. And, and, and let me say this. The bursting of the bubble not only will test your trust in him, but it will also allow things to get to you that couldn't reach you before. You see, see, that also means it's a time for you to receive things in a different way. But in order for that to happen, you have to be able to operate outside the bubble. You have to be able to fully trust God in what he's doing now. Because I'm going to tell y'all, you think that what's happening right now looks bad, it's going to get worse. And if you are not fully aligned, if you have not fully put your trust in God, you will be afraid. You will go, God, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this, God? How are we going to be provided for? But if you fully trust him, you know that when he does a new thing, it springs forth in the wilderness. So who cares if it's a dry place? Who cares if it looks desolate? If you fully trust God, he can spring forth a stream in any place. but you need to be able to operate outside that bubble. He's pushing you out. He's birthing you out. He's about to test whether or not you grew to your full gestational age while you were in that womb, in that incubator. See, because there are some that are gonna get pushed out and gonna need to go to the NICU. They gonna need intensive care. They're, they're gonna need help breathing. 
You see, it's so many people, as, as we've been talking about this virus, and it's so interesting that it's a virus that attacks the respiratory system. So, so people get inflicted with the virus, and then they have to be put on a ventilator. And the test of whether or not they will be able to survive is whether or not when they're taken off that ventilator, they can breathe on their own. Can you breathe? Did you take in enough breath of his spirit while you were in there to be able to breathe outside the bubble? Can you breathe? That's the word. And I pray that all of you remember the lessons that God taught you because he's ready to push you out. He's ready to expose you to something new. But in order for you to be able to fully embrace that and to fully operate and to continue to grow, you have to be able to learn to eat in a new way. You have to be able to adapt to this new atmosphere. You have to be able to operate in it. You know, it's such a jarring experience a lot of times when a baby is born because they come out of that, that water, that womb, that warm place. It's, it's quiet, it's dark, and then they come into this jarring atmosphere. There's more noise. There's, there's more, uh, it's, it's the temperature, the climate is different. The people, it looks different. It's the way that they operate. They have to completely learn a new way. So as God pushes you out, you're going to have to learn a new way too. And you're going to have to trust him on another level in this time. I'm going to close us out in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Father, fully surrender to you, God. Laying ourselves on the altar to you, God. We come before you, God, saying that we are willing to lose everything that we know, everything that we have built to receive what you're building for us. We thank you, God, for your unleavened word. We thank you, God, for the truth of your word that sets us free, God. Yes, we, we, it might sting a little bit, but it ultimately is going to put us in position for us to flourish even in this time, even in the wilderness, even in the desert, even in the desolation. We just say thank you, Father, that you love us enough to discipline us, to correct us, to tell us that we're out of position so that we can move and shift and move in tandem with you, God, so that we don't get left behind. I pray, God, for, for these, your, your sons and your daughters. I, I pray for your people, God, that they will be able to accept your word, your truth, that, that they will allow it to convict them and to change and to shift and to not get in offense, God. That they will stumble over their offense. We rebuke the spirit of offense off of your people right now in the name of Jesus, that they will know when the word of correction, when the word of truth comes to them, it is coming straight from you. God, I pray right now for these, your prophets, that you would give them another level of 
boldness to speak the truth to your people. That they will not worry about how the word will be received, but that they will know that they have done their due diligence and their duty to express the truth to your people so that they can get into alignment. I pray right now that you would block their hearts from the arrows that are shot at them because of the word of your truth. As you send them forth, as you push them out into new spaces and places, new territories, new open doors, new areas of access, new opportunities, God, because you've been cultivating them for a time such as this. I pray right now that they will come boldly before your throne, God, knowing who they are in you, that you will grant them access on a greater level. I pray that you will meet every need, Father, as they move in obedience to you, to the call that you've placed on their life, for you have chosen them to do a great thing on your behalf. I speak to the spirit of fear and I cast it into the abyss right now. There is no fear because we are covered by you. As long as we fully trust you, we are covered in your shadow. You will be our refuge and our fortress, Father. I pray all these things in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. I love you guys. You know it. And I pray that you receive this word, that you chew on it, that you really take inventory of where you are and let God show you if there's still areas that you need to address and grow in and things that you still need to allow to fall away. If you feel led to sow a seed on this word, you may do so at cash app dollar sign war in the spirit or at Venmo, uh, War in the Spirit 12. I pray that you have a blessed week. I pray that God gives you another revelation for yourself on this word and that it shifts you into position. I love y'all. Bye.